with Goodman and Mason. Presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us at MileHighSports.com. You can listen 98.1 FM, 107.5 HD3. Reach us, Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed at Mace Denver at Eric Goodman. If you are looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Here's another place you need to go, Colorado Off-Road. They have all the major accessory brands you will need for your truck, your car, your Jeep, your SUV. And when you buy from Colorado Off-Road, they install everything. And if you need some aftermarket, no problem. They have over 90 years combined experience to get you what you want. Go to those big boxers. They're not going to get you some aftermarket. They want to sell it to you brand new. That's not the way Colorado Off-Road works. Something else. Jerry, the owner, grew up in Littleton. His business is in Littleton, keeping it local. If you need it, they've got it. Upfit today at coloradooffroad.com or Excuse me, go to Colorado Off-Road or go to cooffroad.com. Before we get to um, Thomas Harding of MLB.com, who covers the Rockies, I just saw this tweet here from Mike Kliss. He said, how's this for leadership? Von Miller among several Broncos who worked out at the team facility today. I thought there was a boycott. Von Miller's the guy who's got a workout bonus, right? I thought there was a boycott. I thought they're supporting the union. Oh, unless they get paid. That's right. Time now. For the buzz. The buzz is presented by Rocky Mountain Forest Products, where they specialize in wholesale lumber to the public. Go to Rocky Mountain Forest Products in Wheat Ridge or go to rmfp.com. All right, let's go out to the hotline. I want to bring in our friend Thomas Harding, covers the Rockies for MLB.com. How are you, Thomas? Feel good. I feel clean. How about you today? Uh, I feel clean. I feel good. I feel smarter today, having talked to you amongst other people about what happened with Jeff Brightish. But first, before we get into that, you you had just texted me that uh, Bud Black addressed the media. What did he have to say about uh, Jeff Brightish not coming back? Well, he said that he was actually surprised by it. Um, they had been talking before the game about the team and the game, and then it was after the game, before the team got on the plane, that Jeff Breidich informed him that, that um, he was resigning. Um, as, far, as far as the team going forward, uh, Bud Black feels like there's some insulation kind of between the front office and the clubhouse, and you know they'll just have to keep going forward. Um, Black was very complimentary of Breidich. Breidich was the one that hired him, and he always thought he was trying to do his best to win for the team. Um, obviously, uh, it didn't work out. He was asked if Breidich had seemed burned out to him, and he said that's a better question for Breidich, but he sympathized with it being a 24-hour um, 365 day a year holidays and weekends job. Well, I got to tell you something. Uh, Bud Black is a bigger man than me. Now, granted, he said this publicly, but truthfully, if somebody was shopping for ingredients for me and I was a chef and they said I needed to make a five-star dinner and they handed me a can of Spam and wilted lettuce, I'd be pissed. But good for Bud Black for putting on a happy face. But I digress. Let's go back to a conversation you and I had earlier today. And I was very surprised by your answer because I told you I was surprised to hear the news. Breidich is out. Andrew was surprised about the news. Breidich was out. You were not surprised. No, I was not. And it goes back to this offseason where... You know, at the end, if you recall toward the end of the season, or really the year before, they did that. Um, Breidich, Dick Monfort, and Bud Black did kind of a town hall meeting with the media 
to discuss the season, and they said it would be an annual event. Then this year, then the uh, 2020 season ends, we're promised a meeting, and nothing ever happens. And I really got that strange feeling that there was a lot going on behind the scenes because you're expecting the GM to come out and tell the media and the fans, hey, this is what's going on with the team. Even if it's something that you don't want to hear, like, for example, the Cleveland Indians, they basically prepared their fans all offseason for the trade of Francisco Lindor. The Rockies said nothing. The only times that, um, that, that Breitich talked were when he had a move to discuss, and he limited things to that. And I got the feeling that it seemed like they didn't want him speaking for the direction of the team. And I'm like, if the general manager can't speak for the direction of the team, how much longer is he going to be the general manager? Uh, that's interesting. And I kind of think about you mentioning the Indians kind of preparing their fans for the Lindor trade. And, uh, Maybe the reaction back in February would have been, maybe it wouldn't have been positive, but not as hostile from the fans if they'd kind of been girding for that move to come down. Yeah, I I really thought that, and as spring training came and not much came out, even after even after that one press conference that they had for a long time, it just seemed that we needed to hear the direction of the Colorado Rockies, and we weren't hearing it from Jeff Breidich. And I'm not sure that that was necessarily Jeff Breidich's call. Now, I do believe that the decision to resign was his, um, but... There was, there was just such strangeness that I didn't think this could go on for very long. Now, you mentioned the direction of the Rockies. In terms of the general manager position, what do you think is the direction that they go in short and long term? Um, I think short term, they're going to uh, kind of marshal their scouting group, marshal their personnel group, and really go over what they have and what is out there because if this season continues in the vein that it has eight and what is eight and 13 to start the year mm -hmm. I, I believe it is um it's pointing toward being a seller at the deadline and you know the teams will come calling especially for a trevor story or a john gray because those guys are at the last years of their contract how do you score in that trade? So you really need to go on the knowledge of what you have. And if you look at the, the Rockies, at times they've built really well from within. And that comes from scouting through the, not, not just other teams, but through the minors and through, and, and through even before the draft. So they have a lot of information on the players who they could get in big deals like that at the deadline. So I would think that, that's what they're going to lean on in the short term. In the long term, it may be time to go outside the organization. Obviously, they tried staying within this time. Um, didn't work out that well. And I think if you, if you look at the situation, Jeff Breidich had been the farm director of this team, had not been an assistant general manager dealing with other teams in trades or dealing in contracts and things like that. And he became the general manager. I think that the next general manager is going to have to be different. Uh, I do think they're going to have to go outside and maybe even someone who has done it before. And I think that's kind of the start of it, because when I watch that organization, I just see a lot of retooling that has to happen. It's not just replacing Jeff Breinich. We are talking with Thomas Harding, writes uh, for MLB.com and covers the Rockies. Obviously, the big juicy story that everyone is talking about, and it's clear and obvious, is that Jeff Breinich is out. I think completely lost in the shuffle, buried in the shadows, unless I am completely overstating this, and Lord knows I've never done that. Uh, 
<laughs> is the fact that Dick Monfort actually hired a team president. Is that significant or is it insignificant because Greg Fiesel had been with the organization as the executive vice president and COO? You know, you look at Greg Fiesel, and he's in his 28th year in that organization. He's been involved in so many different things here. You look at uh, not just the business operation, but picketing, uh, broadcasting, everything with the Rockies, so he knows the, the organization. Maybe it is time for him to be the president. The question that I have is that right now especially, they put the baseball operation also under him. Um, is that a lot for one guy? Can it, especially with the All-Star game coming here and everything else, I don't think that he will necessarily be making the huge baseball decisions of do you trade a Trevor Story and who do you trade him for. But um, going forward, do they still need someone else at that level to take some of the pressure off? Because if you look at the way the team has operated in the past, Dick Monfort has been the owner, but he's also been kind of the president of the baseball operations. And I think that's a lot to take on. Um, being a, being an owner with all the you know big decisions at the at the league level that you make, uh, whether it's the broadcast rights or some things with the union, I think it's very hard to okay let's um, see who we're going to sign to a minor league contract. But Dick Bonford had been involved in so many different things, and I think that it was a bit of a thin stretch here for him. And I don't know that they're going to do that with Greg Fiesel. So th that's that's one of the questions that will come up when we do talk to the Rockies when they do come out publicly and discuss what has gone on. Kind of looming over this in all Major League Baseball, of course, is the expiring CBA. So, uh, you know, that expires on December 1st. What kind of impact might that have not only on the job for Greg Fiesel early on as he takes on the president role, but also what the Rockies do as GM? Well, that's that's going to be looming over the game. Whether the Rockies uh, win the World Series or not, that's going to be looming. I think the Rockies have a lot of things to consider right now, and I and um, I I do not believe that Dick Monfort is on the um, committee to negotiate the new CBA. No, he, really, yeah, he wasn't I, asked. <laughs> I actually, can't he, believe he, it. He, he has been involved in those things. In the <laughs> past. Yeah. Wow. Yes. Yeah, so. Um, he has been involved in those things at the league level in the past. Um, and it, it is interesting, just and this is kind of an aside, but if you look at the way that Dick Monfort has run the Colorado Rockies in that, it, it, it's a limited um, market, kind of limited in television, but yet it, for, for many years, uh, and I, I'm trying to remember the last time it happened, but um, since the early 2000s, they have never had to go back to their um, investors and ask for more money. They've never been a problem with the stadium. So when it comes to ownership of a franchise and the things that the leagues care about, um, Dick Monfort is probably in very good standing with Major League Baseball at this point. So even though you um, you can argue about what's on the field, and yeah. certainly th th there, there are records to say, hey, this isn't very good. As far as ownerships, we haven't had they haven't had to come to the taxpayers to ask for a new stadium like Atlanta has at least twice since Coors Field is open. So that's and that's why I'm thinking if Dick Monfort can take some of the baseball decisions off of his plate and have a well-functioning um, group there where he has presidents or vice presidents to handle all of these things, I think that the on-field aspect will be better. All right. Quick question for you. 
actually two quick questions for you having nothing to do with the Rockies. One, are you under deadline right now? Can you carry into another segment with us for like five minutes? I can carry in for five minutes. That, I'm, um, yep. I, I'm a multitasker from way back. <laughs> That's great. Well, it's funny. I think you and I were talking on the phone and you were typing at the same time. So yes. uh, I don't even know if you remember our conversation. There are a few more things that we want to get to, but one of them is this, because this is what we do in Sports Talk Radio. When somebody gets fired or they resign, we have to talk about who's next. With that, I have a guy in mind and Mace has a guy in mind. And why don't you tell us which guy makes more sense? We'll talk okay. about that after the break. I go to bed feeling the same way. I ain't nothing but tired. Man, I'm just... Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason. Presented by Silter Har Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silter Har Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Andrew. Welcome back. Afternoon Drive. Goodman Mason. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. Reach us. Rocky Mountain Forest Products Twitter feed. At Mace Denver. At Eric Goodman. If you're looking for wholesale lumber to the public, go to rmfp.com. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending? Presented by Silterhar Mazda. Get to Silterhar in Broomfield for a no-pressure buying experience at Silterhar Mazda or find them at sthmazda.com. All right, I want to bring back Thomas Harding from MLB.com. He's covered the Rockies for decades. Um, want to move forward just for a second. I'm going to give you two potential candidates, and I don't even know if they're going to be candidates. Let's just call it a wish list. One guy for me, one guy for Andrew, or maybe you have your own choice. I think a perfect candidate would be Danny Evans, longtime baseball guy who was the GM of the L.A. Dodgers and turned that franchise around in 2001 when they were just terrible. Andrew would like to bring in a guy like Peter Bendix, vice president of baseball operations with the Tampa Bay Rays, certainly knows how to build without spending a lot of money, very good at sabermetrics. That's how the Tampa Bay Rays wound up getting to the World Series. With that, if you had your choice or maybe a third choice, what would you do? Well, actually, just listening to this, um, first of all, I, I do have a story coming out um, soon and once they're done editing it, any second now it'll be up. But I, I, I did mention some possible candidates, although I wouldn't call them candidates because, frankly, I'm just thinking. Frankly, what you guys just said, you know what I would love about that? Having them both, one of them as the president of the baseball operation and the other hands-on running the team. I do believe that I would like to see a two-headed baseball monster here and it would allow Greg Fiesel to be the president and work on his business situations and have everything else under him but that but that sounds pretty good that sounds pretty good to me um the Rockies as I um as I've said many times though they tend to roll with the familiar so I'm going to throw out a couple of other names here and I do think Danny Evans is familiar enough they've certainly worked against him 
and he does live in this area and is a big voice in baseball, so that's that, that's a good idea. A couple others I mentioned, Michael Hill, who had been the general manager of the Marlins. He mm-hmm. went there in '03 when they ended up winning the World Series um, in, in, in a front office capacity and was a longtime GM and president of baseball operations. Um, they parted ways with him. He was not hired by the by the um, regime with uh, Derek Jeter, so he's working for Major League Baseball at this point. He had been the Rockies' farm director in the early 2000s and identified a few guys like Brad Hopp and uh, and Clint Barmas and Ryan Spielborgs, guys that weren't at the very front of the draft, and those guys are being very good Major League players, so I've always had a respect for his talent eye there. Um, the other guy that... It just seems, and there are a lot of people with the Rockies who feel like he, he would have some sort of impact as Clint Hurdle. I don't know exactly oh how you would. Could, I don't could, know how you would. How exactly, incestuous is this organization? Really? I, right. And I don't know exactly how the oh. job would be structured. Um, but. There, there's just that feeling, especially after Clint went to Pittsburgh, which was a team that really has kind of. Um, Less in terms of revenue to work with in Colorado, and became a modern type manager and helped build their analytics department. All those things. So there are there are specific things about Clint Hurdle that are liked here, and they and like I say, they tend to roll with the familiar. So I'll give you another I'm, name. I'll give you another name. How about Gene Watson with the Angels? Wow. What about him? This guy has tons sense. of he has tons of experience. Tons of experience, yeah. yes. And and um, I'm sure his cross paths with uh, with Bud Black here. I mean, you know, I even asked Bud Black if he had any interest in the, um, you know, in, in in the general manager job. Of course, he said, you know, I'm looking at uh, I'm looking at playing against the Angels. T- I mean, the, I mean the Giants tonight. But actually, you know, he's been involved in a lot of those things that they need to work on. Listen, it's it's going to take quite a few decisions. It's not just hiring a general manager. Right. It's how do you rebuild your analytics department? They were re- they were one of the smallest in baseball, and then a lot of their employees Left. ended up jumping to private industry right. because you don't make a lot of money in baseball. I mean, the thing I admire about the uh, about the Tampa Bay Rays that that that, may, that Mace was mentioning, they have a large analytics department, and they are constantly re- um rebuilding that because you don't make a lot of money in baseball, but you can make a reputation and make more money in other businesses. So, uh, so, so that certainly would, would be something I would think about as I was having a discussion with a player during the winter and his thing was, it seems that if you're not going to be one of the big spenders in baseball, and there's no possible way. I mean, the idea that Dick Monfort doesn't spend enough money, they can't spend the money that the teams in the larger markets make. It makes no business sense. But if you're not going to spend the money in free agency or or um, trading for big-name players, then that's the place where you make up for it, is in your um, scouting, which the, the Rockies, I think they do a pretty good job of scouting, especially um, players. But the analytics is a big hole for them, and I would like to see whatever they do for them to – really work smarter, not just harder, but smarter. Yeah. And the thing is like with the Rays, the thing that I admire, I admire so much is, you know, the fact that they do invest in analytics, but when you 
are operating with a low budget, you're saying, okay, we're gonna operate. We're not gonna be able to pay big contracts to players, but there are ways where we can get more bang for our buck. And it seems like investing in a robust analytics operation is a way that you can get bang for the buck that allows you to compete, even if you know the Rockies. They're a middle market team. So there are things that you could do that you couldn't do in St. Petersburg, but they're still not going to be in the Dodgers-Yankees uh, conversation. You know what's really odd about this whole thing is that um, the the Rays are in actually a larger market than Colorado. Yes, yes. television market-wise, yes. They're like, yeah, they're like, market, they're like two they slots serious, higher. They, they have serious revenue issues with the stadium mm, and everything right. there. That, that 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 that's kind of the oddity there, but um, yeah. So I, I agree. I think that uh, that in the past and at the times that they've done well, and if you look at the kind of the history of the franchise, it hasn't nearly been enough. But when they've hit on people in the draft and also had some surprises, that's when they've done well. Maybe you can shorten that curve by building the, building your analytics department, building and, and, and really leaning on your scouts and your player development. Okay, we, one, one thing interesting, really quick on Tampa Bay versus Denver, though. Tampa Bay has more people. Denver, as a market, actually has a higher GDP. And one thing that that Denver has that Tampa Bay doesn't is more corporate headquarters, higher corporate right. offices, and Tampa Bay is kind of a branch office market, which kind of it, which kind of takes you out of the conversation for a lot of the kind of the big the big money sponsors and supporters that you have here that you, they don't have that in Tampa Bay. Right, and the other thing yeah. that they don't have here that, for instance, the San Diego Padres have been spending like a bigger market team. Right. What happened was the timing of their television deal was during kind of a bubble in um, in uh, regional television markets uh, rights fees. That bubble burst before the Rockies went for theirs. We still don't know how much they're actually getting. They never they they never announced it, but the Padres are somewhere around the billions. In in television rights fees, that market totally disappeared. But what the, but they're spending on it, and also they have no competition for the corporate dollar, right. and that's why they've suddenly played like a higher market team than the Rockies, which the Rockies did not have to deal with in the past. I know you need to run. I want to ask you this quick question before you go. Uh, Dick Monfort just made a release on the uh, on the departure of Jeff Bright, saying. Um, that you know, it was it was basically in the best interest of Jeff and his family, the Rockies, for him to step down. But I want to get into the part about the, the new team president. He said, "I'm excited to name Greg as our team president. We appreciate the focus and structure he has provided to the day to day business side, and I'm confident he will bring that same leadership to the baseball side. Something we just talked about a few minutes ago. It doesn't sound like to me that this is going to be a temporary position as team president. You had said it'd be a perfect situation for you." If they hire Danny Evans and Peter Bendix, let's say for the sake of argument, Greg is going to stay on as the team president. You can have one GM and you can answer as long as you want to. It's your dime. It's your dollar, right? You could, you could talk as long as you want to. You're the one who has to go. Who would you choose to be your next GM? Well, I'll tell you what, just, just looking at it right now, I do think that Danny Evans right here in town and all that he has done is not just um, being the being the general manager of the of the Dodgers a few years ago, but um, continuing to work with the Toronto Blue Jays. So that he was kind of a driving force behind the Troy Tulowitzki trade that almost got that franchise to the World Series. Also, he has um, 
deep scouting in addition to the yeah. analytics. He has a deep scouting knowledge, and, and I think that would make a difference. Now, I will say this. Greg Fiesel being team president, he could stay team president and hire more than one person yep. to run the baseball side of the operation. So there are ways around this. Um, he, he, he could still be the team president, and they could still have an executive GM and a GM. The other idea would be someone like a Danny Evans or someone like Mike Hill that I mentioned um, from the Marlins with Major League Baseball, someone who has run a franchise before as kind of the head of the baseball operation, and then you bring in someone younger and um, and maybe analytically analytically oriented or someone with with fresh contacts, um, a first time GM. The Rockies have never had a, someone who had been GM of another team be their GM. But if you were to hire someone in that kind of baseball upper advisory vice president role and then go with a younger GM, then I think that would make some sense, too. Thomas, always appreciate your time. Thank you for doing two segments. Looking forward to reading your article on MLB.com about what happened today. Uh, big news yeah. with the Rockies organization. Great stuff, as always, Thomas. Appreciate you, man. Hey, thanks, thanks for Thomas. having me, guys. Okay, bye-bye. What do we have coming up on Masterpiece Roofing, just in case you missed it? A longtime leader on the Dallas Cowboys defense is hanging up the cleats. Also, all three teams in season right now in action tonight. We'll get to that next right here on Afternoon Drive with Goodman and Mason on Mile High Sports.